0: Of the book of Jeremiah Let's go there please Jeremiah 36 I am excited to be In the house of God What better place to be Than tonight in the house Of praise Chateau of praise This is one of the greatest Bible study you have ever had in your whole life This one here, you can't forget this Because you, if you do, you're going to miss the rapture And this is honest truth, I'm not Bluffing him, not giving me a little amen. But tonight, but I told the Lord, I'm going to ask you, make you give you a command tonight. Between now and Sunday, you must read the 36th chapter of the book of Jeremiah completely. Because I can't read off tonight. You'd be here all night if I try to read it all. Okay? Is all right? It's all right. What I'm going to tell you tonight is not common knowledge. And this is why we are going to be that handful of people that are going to make heaven our home. A lot of people are not going to make it. I'm telling you the truth. They're just not going to make it. It's not my wicked, wistful thought. Just the way it is. But if we get this wrong, you cannot make it to heaven. I'm going to call you to be a witness tonight. The 36th chapter of the book of Jeremiah. All right? And I'm going to point you down some scriptures tonight. It says... Verse 21. So the king sent Jediah to fetch the roll and he took it out of El the scribe chamber. And Jehudai read it in the ears of the king. This is the word of God now. And the ears of all the princes which stood before the king. Now the king sat in the winter house. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, interesting. In the winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. And it came to pass that when Jehuda had read three of the four leaves, he cut it with a pen knife. Now I'll talk about the word of God. In verse ten, I'll tell very plain what's happening here. The word of God Amen, is brought to the king and when he heard it, verse 23 it came to pass when Jehudi read three of the four leaves he cut it with a penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the furnace or the hearth until all the rolls were consumed in the fire that was on the hearth yet they were not afraid nor rent their garments I mean, weren't afraid to do what they did. Neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words, nevertheless, Elanathan and 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 Deliah and Jeremiah and had made intercession to the king that he should not burn the roll, but he would not hear them. But the king commanded. All right. He commanded, it said here, and Jerah, Megal of Hameleth, and Siriah, the son of Israel, or Ariel, er, er, which means Israel, and Shalima, the son of Abedil. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Don't get me for that. Take Barak, the scribe, and Jeremiah, the prophet, but the Lord hid them. You want to hurt it? Write it down. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. He's in prison, by the way. After that, the king had burned the roll and the words which Barak wrote at the mouth of Jeremiah, saying, Take thee again another roll and write it. Amen. Write it all the former words that were in the first roll, which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, had burned. And thou shalt say to Jehoiakim king of Judah Thus said the Lord Thou hast burned this roll, Saying why hast thou written Therein saying the king of Babylon Shall certainly come And destroy this land And shall cause to cease From thence men and beasts Therefore thus saith the Lord To Jehoiakim king of Judah He shall have none To sit upon the throne of David And his body Shall be cast Out in the day of the heat and in the night to the frost and I will punish him and his seed and his servant for their iniquity and I will bring upon them and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and upon the men of Judah all the evil that I pronounced against them but they hearken not. Are you with me now? Therefore then took Jeremiah another role And gave it to Barak the scribe, the son of Neriah, And wrote therein, from the mouth of Jeremiah, all the words of the book which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire. And there were added beside these unto them many like words. You may be seated. Now, I want you to read that chapter between now and Sunday. Please, don't worry about stumbling over those name pronunciations. That's all right. You're not, you're not going to be held guilty for not present properly. But there, those names are there. They're names of princes and kings that were in Judah. And Jeremiah the prophet, because he prophesied truth, he was cast in prison by the king and his monarchy. He didn't want to hear the word of God. But here's what happened God spoke to Jeremiah the prophet and said, right on a scroll and take it to the people of Israel. Make sure they get the word of the Lord. Now, that's how we got our Bible. God spoke, someone heard, wrote it down, and then bring it to us. Now, you may not like what you hear, you may not agree what you hear, but the worst thing you can do is mutilate what God gave you. They mutilate what God gave. The king, not got penknife here. Let me get my penknife. Zachary, go to my office. To get my, my back that? I brought my penknife with me. Oh, we got a penknife here. We got a penknife? I want to show you a penknife, what it looks like. In case you don't know what a penknife looked like. Let me show you what a penknife looked like. Come on, Zachary. come up here me. I want to show you what a penknife looked like. The king did not like peccishur. He didn't like the prophetic word, And so what he did Cut. You're going to mutilate. Word of God? And win. And chop it up. That's exactly what I want to talk about here tonight. Now, when the king did that, what he hoped to happen, that he would silence God, silence the prophet, and the rest of Israel wouldn't hear. And he tossed it in the fire. Well, God saw what he did. God saw the mutilation of the scripture. And so, God said to the scribe, go tell Jeremiah the prophet. I saw what took place. Now I want you to do my favor. I want you to rewrite everything he destroyed. I want you to write it. And add to it that I said, he will not have a seed throne of David. By the way, his death would be one of disaster. He's going to be not held in reputation. He'll be contempt to God of the people when I bury him. Now here's what happened. We today are not the first people that plan to mutilate what we don't like. I don't know if you ever turn, because tonight I'm going to make you a Bible student tonight, Turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. In Matthew chapter 1, I want to show you the danger of men today doing what that guy did. Now, they may not use a pen knife, but they use a pen. Are you with me? So they may not use a pen knife, but they use a what? A pen. does the same Thing. If you tamper with a check that's pre-written, it's a fraud. You cut piece out or add to it. Now, if you're the rightful owner of that check, you have to sign it twice to say you authorize that change. Now, this king is the son of Josiah, and he decided to take his knife and do this. I don't like this. Click, 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 click. And cut it up. Rather than change, you try to change the Bible, try to change to God. Now how many of you ever take the first chapter of the book of uh, Matthew and look at it? It talked about generations from Abraham uh, from, from Abraham all the way down to Jesus Christ. and talk about 14 generations. When you look at the last generation, you notice he only named 13 names. And one name is left out. And This is the price of mutilating scripture. Whenever an individual begins to go in God's word and mess around with it, God's going to cut his name out of the book of life. Look and read. There are certain, in verse 11, verse 12, from there on, if you count the number of names, you're going to find that we only have 13 names. And it comes to Joseph, verse 16. It's the fulfillment of the prophetic word that the 14th one should have been The name of that king, son. But God says he's not going to be. And guess who's the 14th person in that list? Jesus Christ. Going to sit upon the throne of David. Now you see the danger? When you start cutting out bits and pieces of the word of God, you don't stop God from transmitting his word to those to whom it was intended you may sit by your luxurious home and cut up this and cut that out, or the preacher may leave some part out and leave some part in, whatever to suit his own fancy. But God told Barak right again. That's what I believe God will preserve his word for all generation. That's why Jesus Christ is called in Revelation the nineteenth chapter. His name is called the Word of God. You cannot mutilate the Word of God. No matter how hard you try, you may mess up a few leaves in the fire, but you can't consume God's Word in the fire because he was in the fire of the king of Babylon and no one was consumed. Also, we know the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and they couldn't defile it; It still came back to life. So, I'm going to say to you tonight that you need to realize that there are some changes taking place in your world and new generation of Bible and new generation of so-called professing Christians and new generation of professing preachers and teachers are in and on the market today that do not know God obey not the gospel and don't have the right Bible think about it let me show some things that you don't know and here's where you're going to school with me now I know you know you will not do this on your own I don't have my partner here with me but I'm gonna say this to you right now I'm gonna say this to you You will not do this on your own except an instructor or a good pastor who knows what he's talking about invites you to do what I'm going to tell you to do. So all the churches in town are not going to do this. I don't care what church you go to, they are not going to do what I'm going to show you tonight. And they will not point when I show you tonight how that king tried to mutilate the scripture. Thank you my stake. Now, look very carefully. When I talk about, I'm going to show you some things that are taken out of our Bible. I'm going to show you how it is dangerous what happened and how they don't plan to help you but plan to damn you. If I change the writing on the check, I change its values. If I change a contract, I change this worth. I change this authenticity. Because I devalue it. It is a contempt. It's a fraud. The moment is tempered with. By someone without authorization. Now. Let me get some background history here. Starting from Moses. We have the law. The prophet. And the psalm. In Israel, God had a people called Israel in Egypt for 400 years plus. Then God sent Moses down there to bring them out. After 10 divine miracles, Pharaoh let them go. Pharaoh said, Go. Now, it was only done after three things happened a lamb was slain, a name was revealed, blood were applied. And the Lord says, it's time to go for a walk. And so they left Egypt, and they called that the Passover. I mean, God death to the Passover them. them. They were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. The 10th chapter of 1 Corinthians, looking back in reflection, Paul talked about it. All right? And it said... They were baptized in the cloud in the sea unto Moses. In the sea, and the cloud. And that constitute the Passover. And then they traveled for 50 days to Mount Sinai. And at Mount Sinai they built a tabernacle. Now we know Israel is saved, not in Egypt. Israel is saved out of Egypt. How? When they offered the blood of the Lamb... Then they were baptized in the Red Sea and in the clouds. And when they get on the other side of the baptism, that's when they were saved from the wrath of Pharaoh. Now, they traveled 50 days to Mount Sinai and there God gave them a tabernacle which Stephen called the church in the wilderness. That's the church. There was no one well, of the church there that was the only church there was we know of in the Bible the church in the wilderness and while they were there God gave a plan in that plan God said here's you built? and God put boundaries and God used that tabernacle church to maintain their salvation it was not given to save them now but to maintain their salvation they were saved from Egypt Now they must maintain their salvation until they get to the promised land. Now, look what happened. They're organized. In their organization, God developed a place called the Holy of Holies, which only once a year the priest could go there. The holy place, which he goes in every day. Outside of that, we have a laver of water. Were that to wash before they go inside that holy place. And there was a brazen altar where they offered sacrifice every day. The fire never goes out. There's one gate to that church, one door to the holy place, and one veil behind which was the Ark of the Covenant. And God said, Israel, that's your church. And God says three times a year, all the men must come before me in the month of the Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacle. You must come before me. And don't come empty, by the way. Now, before those times come into being, God gave Israel a priesthood. That's called the Levitical priesthood or the Aaronic priesthood under which Israel is told how to live a life of separation from all the nations around them. Now, they don't see God. All they see is the manifestation of God, a cloud, pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day from the heat of the sun. That's all they see. And God speak to them through Moses and Aaron. Now, God gave them, uh, look at this here, that they should do this, a burnt offering, Meal offering, peace offering, sin offering, trespass offering. If they sin, they must bring a trespass offering or a sin offering. If there is no sin that they're dealing with, then they have peace offering, meal offering, and burnt offering. That means, if you look at my diagram here, the way to God is from what? Trespass all the way up. That's the way they, that means you're admitting you're a sinner. You got sins. Now, whenever they offer their first two, trespass offering and sin offering, when their knowledge of sin comes to them, they must come to the tabernacle. Come to the gate, meet a priest who represents them, and take their sacrifice to the brazen altar and offer it on their behalf. When they do that, then the priest and the people know that they are forgiven. By that obedience to that formula, they have forgiveness. And this is what they do every year until Christ came. They do it in the wilderness, and they do it also when they were in the promised land. Now, look at it right now. The priest would come and offer on their behalf... And then go home feeling good. It's the blood of bulls and goats. Now the only sacrifice that had no blood in it would be the meal offering. That's from the wheat of the field. Now when they did this church, they used the word forgiven. In your Old Testament scripture, the word forgiven is used very frequently from Exodus on. The word forgiven is not used in Genesis. Not even mentioned. But from Exodus on God said it shall be forgiven if they obey the formula that Moses law gave them. Now, I'm going to talk to you about something here. All the time since Moses to Jesus Christ about 1500 years, approximately They have never seen God in person, literally. They have been through several names for God, like Lord God, but the name that was more prominent to them is in Deuteronomy 6 4. That name is called Jehovah. That's the covenant name they know. So, really. When they have blood and the name and the tabernacle, they could be forgiven. Jehovah, I am the one that forgiveth thee. He forgives. Now, if you forgive someone, it doesn't mean the record is clean. The record remains. It's like a parole. You can meet parole is a forgiveness plan. But the record is still there. You try to cross the state. It showed up. But I was forgiven six years ago. Sorry, sir. The record is still here. <clears throat> forgiveness does not purge the record. Forgiveness does not blot out the record. Forgiveness does not erase it or bury it. It just covers it. Now other forces can use it against you, but the one who forgave you will not use it because they can give you the words I I'll just pushed the him, but you got a record there. Now, there's a thing in the, in the penal system where after a certain number of years, if you do well, you can go and ask for the purging of that record and they might do it. Now that's gone beyond forgiveness. What they've done is now purge that record and it cannot be found. So all through the Old Testament, under the ludicrous Aaronic priesthood, Israel were familiar with the term Holy Spirit. Psalm 78. They vexed His Holy Spirit and He became their enemy. Psalm says that because they questioned God and they upset Him. All right. And so, they're familiar with the, the term Holy Spirit. David prayed, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. You've got to understand what did Israel have and what did they not possess under the Old Testament. Now, they did not have something I'm going to mention to you later on. Alright, so they had the Passover, the baptism in the cloud in the Red Sea, that the law given to them, that forgiveness... But and that the name Jehovah or Yahweh, that's some people gonna call him, and all these sacrifices here, and the tabernacle, all that continued till Jesus came. The reason why God gave him the genealogy from Abraham all the way to Jesus Christ. That you know it fit the program. He's not just dropping on the sky and here he is. He's coming from somewhere. His coming is a fulfillment. Now, folks. Here is a maintenance program. It's not a deliverance program. It's a maintenance program. Levitical priesthood is a maintenance program. When Jesus came on the scene, what happened? John the Baptist and Jesus Christ met at Jordan. John represents the Levitical priesthood, the ending of it, the last of it, the last prophet, the last. Political priest, his father was not the priesthood, tells them very plainly. And Jesus Christ is from the tribe of Judah. He's called Shiloh. And when John and Jesus met at the baptism of Jordan, Jesus said it behooves us to fulfill all righteousness. Meaning Isaiah 40 and Isaiah 35. They're fulfilling those scriptures. So what happened? John literally said, My ministry must dis- decrease. The biblical priesthood ceased to exist. And the Melchizedek priesthood in the seventh chapter of Hebrew now begins. John is off the scene. And now what you have is the Melchizedek priesthood in the person of Jesus Christ. John called him the Lamb of God. Behold the land of God. Now this one body is going to fulfill all that this Old Testament plan represented. In one body God would once and for all redeem. Now you know what Jesus did when he was on earth. He was forgiving sins. And they attacked him and said who is this a blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God only? So I want you to know who you're dealing with. <laughs> I got power out here to do what I used to do before. They didn't realize that Jesus Christ in the Old Testament showed himself several times in angelic body. In the nature of angels. Men call it theophany. I don't know where they got a word from. They call it theophany. But God in the angelic form. Manoah saw it. Jacob saw it. Others saw that. Abraham saw him too. And so God would come in that angelic form and would show himself. But in Bethlehem, God came in the nature of Abraham. Hebrews 2, 12 to 14. The nature of Abraham called himself the last Adam. 1 Corinthians 15, 40 to 45. Talk about it. And said, I am the Lamb of God. That will take away the sins of the world. In other words, in that body, Christ is our Passover. 1 Corinthians says that. 5 verse, well, 5 to 8, he's the Passover. How is he the Passover? Because he was the Lamb of God. Now, so when Jesus died on the cross he ushered in not Levitical priesthood but listen now Melchizedek priesthood a priesthood that never ceased that is forever and forever what is Jesus Christ bringing to the table that we didn't have before after all we have forgiveness back here we have blood back here. We, come on now. We got church back here. What do you mean you're going to build a church? Does that mean you don't want the one we had back here? Obviously he doesn't want it. Well, why is he building one? Because this is called the church in the wilderness. And that church became the temple in Jerusalem. But said, so I will build my church. What he's saying then, I don't call that my church back there so I will build my church and so what we have in Jesus Christ came is something that found in the old testament we find there is a body a nature a name a special blood a circumcision without hand a birth and a sonship not to be found in the Old Testament. Now, if I as a scribe of today, scientific school of religion and theology go into the New Testament and begin to rearrange the furniture of God's New Testament tabernacle, I'm going to end up with a problem. If I look for concordance, with what God started and now what he's doing I'm going to find discordance discord not concordance but discord in other words I just proved to you that there are 14 generations and 14 but the last one says 13 and if you're not careful you say well the Bible made a mistake it said there are 14, 14, 14 well it's not true that's 14, 14, 13 And then Jesus Christ is mentioned. And if you don't don't understand the message, he is the 14th one. Joseph was the 13th. And Jesus is the 14th. But you wouldn't know where that came from. And if you cut that scripture out there where where that man took his knife and cut the scripture out and tear it up, and you rearrange that, and you will not know what this all connects. look at an example Satan had a good idea to utter our lives sin came in this world not because of fornication or stealing or adultery or even sodomy it came in this world because Satan came and heard what God said he knew what God said he questioned it. He questioned the interpretation. He questioned the meaning of it. And the purpose of it. And the wording of it. And suggest a change of it. An altering of it. And put one word in there. Not. He may not use his knife. But he planned something different. He added. A knife cuts away what a pen adds. Satan's tongue became his pen. He says what? The first thing a snake does when he sees you is stick his tongue out there. That's where he senses what goes on. That's how he controls the environment with his tongue. And that old dragon stick his tongue out and lies. He no, he's got a forked tongue. Hello? That V, not for victory, it's for victim. <laughs> Whatever you mess with that, you know, it's not a tongue that hurts you, is a, a venom in his teeth afterwards. And so, he said, not surely die. Adam and Eve bought into that. And what happened ever since that time, every sin in the world, I don't care what you call it, came from that one incident. Somebody changed the word. When that king took his penknife and mutilated scripture and threw it in the fire, what he's saying is, I don't want Israel to hear this or read this or know this. And they will be sitting duck because Babylon is coming to destroy them. Hello? Which he did in the 6th century BC. Hello, he didn't stop it. Hello, and something happened to them. Now, what we don't find in the Old Testament we'll never find the word Holy Ghost. Please, look in your Bible. When I say look in your Bible, I'm talking about, please, King James Version. I'm not talking about these new perversions in the Bible. I mean the 1611 basis of Bibles for English people you'll not find the word Holy Ghost back here you'll find the word Holy Spirit you will not find from Genesis to Malachi the word remission or remit it's just not there but you'll find two words back here. When a person died, it says they gave up the ghost. It says Holy Ghost. Because the word holy is a modifier of the noun. Right? Holy Ghost. Today what kind of ghost you're dealing with. All ghosts are not holy. All spirits are not holy. And all flesh are not the same flesh. But there's one word for... Of flesh. Flesh is flesh. But if I say flesh, the only way can understand what flesh I'm talking about is by the context. Because Paul said one flesh of birds. One flesh of animals. One flesh of men. Hello? And we have, to, we have to use flesh and understand the word flesh in the context it is used. We can't use a blanket meaning for the word flesh. In all situations. Are you with me? Now, it says they get the ghost. An example. Who gave the ghost? Abraham did. Jacob did. So those girls that died, says she got the ghost. When her soul was departing. Now, but it's the Holy Ghost. There's different Holy Ghost and Ghost. What we find in the New Testament is the word Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost and sometimes used in the same chapter. Look a couple died He said she gave up the ghost. Hello one place there singing the Holy Ghost. Next time says singing us the Holy Spirit. Now, you have to use those words in the context. So, circumcision here is one word, but don't mean the same thing in both dispensations. In the old, it means a knife is out. But every believer, a man and a female, are circumcised, but not the way they do in Africa for women. No. Hello? The difference. A circumcision without hand. There's one with hand. I got a spirit, you got a spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. When you look at this Bible here, forgiveness is prevalent in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, we should two words use, forgiveness and remission, and they're not used interchangeably. They're used distinctively. They're used with purpose. And if you don't get the purpose and change it, you're going to have a problem. Let me explain that to you. Here we have forgiveness of sins. Here we have remission of what? Sins. Are they the same? No. No. Forgiveness of sin. You're always going to be reminded. In remission of sins. There is no memory of sin. One is covering of sin. And one is removal of sin. Blotting out. Erasing. Burying it. Getting rid of. There is a difference. Now, i got a picture to show Trinitarians like to draw a triangle. So I used their method. But well, They used the, you know, the Pythagoras triangle they used. Sure, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of their Pythagoras theorem argument. Now, the pinnacle is God is a spirit. John 4.24. Is that correct? God is a spirit. 4,000 years? That's what He always has been. God is a Spirit. Invisible. Indivisible. Immutable. Unchanging. Incomprehensible. God is the Spirit. He said that. The Spirit has not flesh and bone. Genesis 1-1. The Spirit of God moved upon. This is the Holy Ghost the Spirit of God. Moved. Right? There's no need for a ghost in chapter 1-1. Now, when Christ came in incarnation, 1 Timothy 3.16, God manifested in the flesh. That means God was a spirit manifest in flesh. The word manifest means show, reveal. And so God revealed himself in flesh, in the nature of Abraham, calling himself the last Adam. Bible says that and for three and a half years he ministered but actually he spent three and a half years on earth at the end of that three, three and a half year ministry he died and the Bible says from the sixth to the ninth hour there was darkness then he gave up the ghost like everybody who dies he gave up the Ghost. Because he's dead. They told Pilate, He's dead. Take him down, he's dead. Bury him like everybody else. After three days and three nights, he gets from he rose from the dead. Is that right? Now <laughs> the Spirit God went back into him and he came back up. Now he's called the Holy Ghost. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Here, he's speaking of himself in a twofold manner. He said, Look, even the Spirit of truth that the world seeth not, but you see him and you know him. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. As what? The Holy Ghost, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. the word Christ means Messiah so Christ in you means the Messiah in you the hope of glory so what I'm saying here is that if we deny that Jesus Christ is the Holy Ghost then you're denying two things that he died and that there was a resurrection the spirit goes down and stays dead Once you die, you don't come back. But Jesus came back from the dead. So, by right, he has to be a ghost to identify that he once lived and died and came back. There's no ghost of Abraham, there's no ghost of Peter. Folks, you hear me? There's no ghost of anybody. they just don't come back and he came and he breathed on them John 20 23 receive me the Holy Ghost read verse 20 to 23 hello what is he saying here he can only be the Holy Ghost if your turn tell me he was dead and he came back. Now, if you if you if you question the fact that he was dead and he's alive, he said, now touch me, because flesh and blood, the spirit will have what? Flesh and blood doesn't see me have. Is he denying his death? No. He's trying to say, look, I'm I'm vindicating my resurrection. I am alive. And I'm not metamorphic. I'm just truly me. I eat bread with you and fish. And I'm alive. So now, today we know no longer after the flesh. But he's still the Holy Ghost. Do you know the Holy Ghost is the high priest? Why? And how do I know that? The Holy Ghost maketh enter what? Session. What's the job of a priest? to make intercession. I am with you and shall be in you. This spake of the Holy Ghost. If any man says, they come unto me. Da, da, da. John five thirty thirty nine. 39. This spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given, for he was not yet glorified. When was he glorified? After the resurrection. Now, it's important you to understand this. So if I go in the Bible... and I go to Acts 2 and verse 4 and take out the word Holy Ghost and put Holy Spirit what have I just done? Peter preached that this Jesus is not who? David David's sepulchre is still here he's dead And this ghost I'm preaching about is Jesus Christ that came back from the dead. The entire ministry of Jesus Christ hang on one thing. Not that he died because he ain't the first guy to die. Not that he got beaten up. He was not the first guy to get beaten up and nailed to the cross. In fact, two more guys did it with him. Hello? Hello? And they all three died. And all three got buried, but then no one came back. And all the kings of the Old Testament died. None came back. All the mighty men died. None came back. The only person that ever came back is called the Holy Ghost. <laughs> that means one from the dead. And you say, I don't like that. Then I'm saying, you know different from the king who took his said, you know what? I don't like that word Ghost too spooky, scare people away. Well, it's no different. I mean, same to you by some politicians, same to people. Pray! You may use the word God, but never, don't don't name him. Don't tell me which God you're talking about. Could be Krishna. Could be Shinto. Could be Mohammed. Could be whatever. I don't know. Just don't name him. Don't even name Jesus. Say God. Because there are many. Your wife could be God. Your dog could be God. Your cat could be God. Your alligator could be God. It's not funny. I see folks every day walking their gods to the pet shop before I walk their dog. They don't walk with their wife, they walk with their kids, they walk their dog to the, to the pet ground to play around for a while. You never see them walk with their wives or their kids always walk with a canine. It's true. That's their God. One guy, last thing he wants to do before he died was to see a giraffe. So he hung a giraffe and he died. That's his God. Strange but true. Now folks, look here. 4,000 years baptized to Moses, almost. 2,000 years Reptile of Jesus Christ. What we notice here, in the Old Testament, they have forgiveness, but never remission of sins. Before you know that. In the Inner Testament, they don't have remission of sins. All they have was forgiveness. If they had remission of sins, then there was no need for John the Baptist's disciples to be rebaptized. There would be no need for Apollos to be rebaptized because he was baptized to John baptism Baptist. And John couldn't remission of sins because there was no shedding of blood. How could he? But he came to give knowledge of it to tell you why we baptize people to give you understanding of it that's his job The priest to teach us the way so when you compare the two, Jesus Christ was forgiving sins on earth wasn't he now, I'm going to shock you now you say well Peter was, was Peter saved walking with Jesus, absolutely not and yet I could say yes yes or no he said, Peter, when you converted. What does that mean? He's not converted. You convert sinners. That's what John said. <laughs> you convert sinners. And yet they came to the Lord, even though they were submitted to us. What well, did they say back then? If they died on this, it would have been because they met one requirement they met John requirement and the next one was that to believe that Jesus was the Messiah they would die in their sins even if they kept the law the Pharisee kept the law but never believed Jesus was the Messiah and so they would die in their sins the guy on the cross how was he saved on the New Testament no no. Oh. The Lamb was right there beside him. And he said, I have power to forgive sins on earth, and he forgave him. But nobody else can claim that. You do that, you're a fool. It's not going to work. Don't try it. You may do it for a while, but we get out of the face it's going to be hopeless. Now, in the Old Testament, it was a limited call, priesthood. In the New Testament is a Melchizedek priesthood. The literal priesthood could not grant remission of sin, could only grant forgiveness if it was not willful sin. Willful sin, we stone them. Sin of ignorance, you forgive them if they acknowledge their sins. Now, Melchizedek, under this system, there's a lamb of God. That lamb is the man Christ Jesus, his body. And if you want to understand this very clearly, you only have to read Hebrews 10. It's very plain. And the whole tenth book of Hebrews is to compare the two systems. I'll show you the old plan and the new plan. What one, one could not do and what one absolutely doesn't do more than required. Now, look at this here. The blood of bulls and goats couldn't save us, but the blood of Jesus Christ can. One was law one was grace. They're not in competition. They're two different systems. One defines sin, and one gets rid of sin. Hello, and so, Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit will not strive with man. Says my spirit will strive with man. This is my ghost won't. Hello, the Holy Ghost is putting up with our sins. His Holy Spirit is not. Ananias died when they lied to the Holy Spirit. See, you did not like to man, not to the Holy Spirit. he died. Alright? Now, if you ask a question, you know, Abraham and all those lied and they survived. Why did they survive? There's a difference in where they lied. But it's not my purpose today. So, our Old Testament is God who had himself. Is that proof? Isaiah 40, talk about it. God who what? Had himself. Alright? Isaiah 40, I believe, it says, God that hath thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior. In verse 15, Isaiah forty-five fifteen. So here we are, in the Old Testament, God Hide himself because man first Start hiding himself Then God hide himself afterward. But we first start hiding, hiding ourselves Adam first hid from God And now God's hiding from all of us You don't see him anymore Why? Because he's hiding from us Our sin separated us from God And when Jesus Christ came He was God with us The only time they know that God exists is a prophet or preacher or a king. They can't see him. He won't even talk to them. He won't even talk to them. Individual. Never. When he came down, <laughs> complete opposite. They could touch him, grab him, push him, shove him. What do what they want with him. God with us. Emmanuel. Not hiding, but God with us. And then, after Pentecost, He's God, what? In us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Look, the blood of Jesus Christ made that possible. So now, in the old, they the Passover on the name Jehovah, or Y-H-W-H, where circumcision was with hands. And we see in the New Testament it's communion. The Lord's Supper. Because we were never in Egypt. We were in the world. So we don't need a Passover. Why would I need a Passover? I'm not in Egypt. But I need. A Lord's Supper a communion. Because the communion. Is where it has the blood of the what? New Testament. For the remission of my sins. Here it is right here. In the Old Testament, we're going to pass over. In the New Testament, we've got the Lord's Supper. Different. One is an actual feast, and one is a memorial feast. And the whole purpose of the, the Lord's Supper is to prove that he died and came back. What good is his death? If he stayed dead, well, he's not the first one to die, Jesus. So What? What makes Jesus unique is the resurrection. Not even his birth, like his resurrection. That's the key issue. You don't preach that, friend. Paul says, "If Christ rises from the dead, you're yet in your sin and you're lost. We're all lost because everybody, from Adam to the cross, look forward to the coming of remission." we look back and thank God that he came that we have been remitted now we look right here and we see God had himself in the old plan where there's forgiveness but he had himself how do you know he forgave because the priest tell you that God said well I forgave you no! the priest says home. Oh, we will be alright here amen how do you know we're forgiven? repent. And do what? I'll tell you some more about it later on. So it's God with us and now it's God in us. It's not good enough for God to be with you. god got to be in you. God's with everybody in the world today. He works with every man. The grace of God hath appeared unto all men. But all men is not saved by grace. Only those who grace is applied to. So, So from invisible to visible to invisible. Now folks, the church was a tabernacle or a temple of worship. Today it's the church of Jesus Christ. Guess who the church is? Not this building. You and me. We are the temple of God. Your body. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. That is God's temple. That's where God said I'm going to live. Not in a 4 by 4 building, but in your heart. That's where God's going to live. Inside of your heart. Alright? And so, that's the New Testament plan. Alright, back then it was Pentecost when they received the giving of the law. Alright, from Egypt to Mount Sinai was fifty days. By the same token, from the Christ's death to the resurrection on Pentecost is fifty days. Pentecost came. Received the Holy Ghost, the upper room. I'm trying to show you folks how these things are to be understood. Now, if you go in the Bible and you mess up the Old Testament writings, then we can't prove that Christ's fulfillment is legitimate. Jesus has to appeal to the Old Testament writings to prove his validity of claim. Otherwise, he has no claim. Search the scripture. So if I change the scripture, then Christ has no validity. So what you're doing. You're hurting the cause. Moses was the Messiah and now Jesus the Messiah. There's an earthly Jerusalem and there is a what? Heavenly what? Heavenly Jerusalem. Now look at this here. I brought you there to tell you this. I am searched the Bible. And you're going to find your search also. In your King James Version Bible, if you exchange that for any other versions, you are a candidate for deception. Here is the history: If God preserved, what the king tried to destroy with a spin? And try to put in that fire. But it would not be heard and read by us today. You cannot prove to me that any scholarship or any brainchild is strong and big enough to destroy the entire word of God that will not survive from generation to generation. Who has that power? Not even Satan. Not even Satan. In fact the Bible says Satan planned something different. It didn't say change where it says it plans something different. Now. I yesterday before I talked to you. I've checked every version Bible I can check. To make them tell you the truth. And everyone I checked, They have made tremendous changes. I cannot find the word Holy Ghost in any of their Bibles. It's just not there. You can go on your Google and Google with Brother Google and see if you can find the word Holy Ghost. I'm challenging you to do that. You better do that. Nowhere in these new version Bible can you find the word Holy Ghost. They purge it with their pen, which acts as a penknife. Sorry? They removed remission of sin, or Holy Ghost and put Holy Spirit. Wherever Holy Ghost was in, in your King James Version, they put Holy Spirit in place. In 1 John 5, where the word of the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost is mentioned, they remove it completely. You will never know the decoy you're dealing with unless you do your own searching and comparative analysis. If you don't, I'm telling you, you may find you have a bogus contract that God will not recognize. Because Mark 7, 7 says, In vain you worship me. Using for doctrine the commandments of men, who lay aside the commandments of God, that they might keep their tradition. or we are being bombarded with philosophical and scientific and archaeological nonsense. Archaeology is garbage. It's man digging in the cemetery. Instead of going to the sanctuary to find the answer, he's going to the cemetery and digging up fossils. What well, he should be appealing to the apostles and not fossils. Can't you God get it? The grave holds no power over the church. Why seeking the living among the dead? Don't tell me about a dead sea scroll. i mean in the living sea. Now church. If there is no Holy Ghost. You are guilty of the Corinthian sin. Then there is no resurrection. If there is no resurrection. Then there is no Holy Ghost. If there is no Holy Ghost. You're going to die in your sins. The preaching of the lie. And your faith is in vain. You might as well pack your back right now and go down and go on cocaine and crack and die from OD and go to hell sooner. Or you have hell in both places. I'm not kidding you either. There's more hope for a crackhead than a scholar. That king the Bible said he would never have a seat to sit on the throne of David. And we see the fulfillment in the first chapter of Matthew. The last portion become 13 names and he was left out. The tribe of David and Ephraim are known to displace God to false gods and their names are left out in the seventh chapter of Revelation. What make you think your name is going to be there also. Praise God. God don't need you to interpret him. When God wants to say book of life, don't say for him tree of life. And when God said tree of life, don't call it book of life. And when God said Holy Ghost, don't call it Holy Spirit. And when God called Holy Spirit, don't call it Holy Ghost. and when God said Christ Jesus don't put Jesus Christ and God said oh come on now don't rearrange stuff because you don't know what you're doing these furnitures were were thought of by God some God said these are tools to work with no God said keep your tools off my doctrine John 20 23 whose sins you are remitted if that's true then you're saying, the kind of the priest can, can remit sins. That's not what it means. It means that if Peter did not preach on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2.38, their sins would have not been washed away. Baptism is not extra low, church. It's to give knowledge. I want to point some things out to you here. Amen. Number one, Remission of sins is not forgiveness of sins. When you have cancer in remission, I mean, the evidence is gone of the malaise. Holy Ghost meaning you once lived and you died, and there's no Holy Ghost anywhere except one: Jesus Christ. Holy Ghost meaning you came back to life. Any other ghost you hear about anywhere on earth is a lie it's hypocrisy it's a witchcraft it's seances it's falsehood when a man dies he stays dead he can't come back as the tree falls there he lies there he stays well uh, I saw my grandma lost life. you didn't see your grandma that's a lie she can't come back hello Uh huh. no way The devil impersonates people. Lying dreams. diviners. Number one. John came to give knowledge of salvation. By the remission of sins. It's very important. Call their peace on the board. John 1.77 John could not give remission of sins. John came to give knowledge of it. That's his birth. Purpose. Number two. Matthew 26, 28. Alright. Christ came for the purpose of providing provision, blood for remission of sins. It had not yet happened so he couldn't do it until he's first dead. That's why nobody were baptized in Jesus Christ's name in the four gospels. Nobody. Because he's not dead. And Paul says if Christ is risen not Then why are we baptized for the dead? For a dead man? But if Christ be risen, he's not dead, he's alive. You don't those plain words or semantics. Number three, John came to give us a mode, an understanding of how the application would be for me to achieve remission of sin come through baptism you cannot confess and have remission of sin it is impossible remission of sin can only and no other way be obtained except through literal water baptism by submersion and it has to be in a name if that name is not mentioned then you're wasting it's getting wet mark one four the mode baptism of repentance for remission of sins and there has to be a name luke twenty four forty seven church I'm telling you you don't get this right we will end up in hell deceived luke twenty four forty seven there is a name that comes with that blood, that comes with that mold, that comes with that ghost, neither is their salvation in any other name. Hello? Did you know in chapter 20 of Revelation, when the book is open, do you know the only people that at that white throne judgment is not the Christian church? It's all the people from Adam. To the last day These are people Who were judged by a different system Hello The church Will help Jesus judge the world There's a difference And so In John 20 23 If I as a pastor Do not baptize you And tell you I baptize you now in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin, not because but for I'm doing it for it to happen not because it was already done how can it be done no it's a because, it's a for the remission of sins when I do put you down there it means your sins are buried uh, And when I bring you up, you come up without it. Now, some smart, odd Christian, well, you mean you never sinned since that time? Come on, you dummy. It's a foolish question. Look, the tabernacle was given to them to what? Maintain salvation. God is a maintenance program for people who's already born again. When you come to church, what are you are doing? You're being maintained. You're being washed by the Word. Not before. When I preach the sinners, I don't wash them. I slay them with the law of Moses and convict them of their sins. They're smart and ask, what shall I do? And I said, now since you admit you got sins, here's what you do. Repent. Why? To get forgiveness. But don't stop there. Go beyond that. Take the next step, get rid of those sins. <laughs> Baptize in Jesus' name for the removal and remission of thy sins. Well, I don't I don't think it means that. Well, Acts 22, 16 says, wash away thy sins. Church? he said, Pastor Neil, you a hundred years from now you're gonna thank me. You guys said, God, where's Brother Neil? I want to thank him. I want to thank you." Oh my God. I got the keys to the kingdom. You get forgiveness and repentance. You get remission of sins in water baptism. So water baptism is not optional. It's a mandatory thing. So we have a knowledge of remission of sins. John gave it the knowledge. I'm going to get it. And there's a name, which is Jesus Christ's name, for remission of sins. And the blood is what blot out Somebody said, Well, well, I thought the blood did it, so why did they get baptized? Didn't you read 1 John 5, 3? The blood and the water agrees. They're both cleansing agents. They cleanse you, right? It purifies you. Amen. And blot out thy sins. How? Baptism washes away sins. Repentance, right? Comes. After you acknowledge your sins. Let's worship God. Now, folks, look at this map right here. You will never do this on your own, so I'm going to give it to you. Pay attention. Pay attention. I've got people in our fellowship that will argue with me. Was King James saved? What make him the only right Bible? I got many reasons why. I told you already. Azuda Street, biggest Kansas. Huh? Aurora? Huh? Where do people think those folks got the revelation of oneness of God? What Bible think they used? When do you think they found those truths out? In the 19th century. Hello? Hello? Now, look at this, folks. 1611 to 2040 years the King James Bible was the dominant Bible. There was no problem in Acts 238 no problem with oneness of God except for Rome and their false doctrine and the pagans and others well, all of a sudden in 1881 two British philosophers Westcott and Hort begin to scoff at this version and brought into a world through their false teaching six to four editions they're responsible for that follow their teaching and none of their teachings and editions agreed one against the other. That's the amazing part. No two translation agreed on anything. Isn't that amazing? Multiple choice convenience store. I told my wife today, is there a new Bible coming out now for the the new huh, morale group. It's called the Queen James Virgin Version, which is perversion. Doesn't matter who will teach your kids. Yes. If that guy and that girl have moral issue with human sexuality, don't teach my kid. Don't touch my kid. I don't care how good you are at music or anything you do. I don't care. You don't teach my kid because the spirit comes with them. And the ballet and the musical rend- rendering of all these art groups, most of these art people, they belong to a, a moral standard that would make the church go, oh, vomit." What well, they can and do do. You know, it's it's rough to teach your kids at home, but some folks well, well, you know, well, well, you know, they're good at what they do, so they can teach my kid. Yeah, but do they touch your boys? Do they touch your girls? when you're not there. What do they do with your kid? Does it matter? Do you care what they do with your kid? You think your kid's gonna tell them they do to them? No! You're getting the two chickens to tell everything they do to them. And take an older shot to others what they do to them. I wasn't going on my subject. myself. stay off it. But look at this right here. School of Translation. None of them agree. And they all, But they've been one thing though. You remember Pilate, Herod and, and, and Herod and, uh, and Caiaphas they became friends when they arrested Jesus Christ to kill him enemies you know until they got Jesus Christ all friends beginning upon kingdom James version Bible all of a sudden we can't understand it it's too archaic church what's so archaic about the word godhead and holy Ghost and remission of sins what is so and all that those are not translation those are revisions those are interpretations That's what they've done. They have messed up the word of God. Praise God. But what, what they do is. They give you these lame excuses for changes. And brought them under the name of textual criticism. Philosophical criticism. Archaeological influences. Amen. And they're more smarter and greater. Isn't that why Adam and Eve got messed up? We're so smart. We're going to be as God. Tree of knowledge of good and evil. Church, does it matter how we how you got baptized? Does it matter in whose name? Does the method matter? Well, guess what? I know 1611 came from the right manuscript. These are these are garbage. Alexandra, Vaticanus, Synacticus, they're false. And then the rest of the guys follow that, and they all become deviants. Hello? Does it matter? In your Bible, Holy Ghost is mentioned 90 times. Remission of sin mentioned 10 times. Holy Spirit 42 times. And forgiveness 54 times. But you can't find the word Holy Ghost and remission of sins in this other Bible. Does it really matter? Hello? Does it matter? Hello? Hello? I look in the Bible and I see reasons. So Lord, help us. We're in trouble. I'm in close here. I'm not through. I've said all that to say this to you. If you teach and you believe Acts 2.38 is because of forgiveness of sin, you're teaching a lie. We look at baptizing because of forgiveness of sin. No. If remission of sins was here, Jesus would not have to die. The absent, let me tell you, you and I have to go to to heaven. Listen to folks. I I can hear you right now. Pastor, are you sinless? That's not for you to judge, for God to judge that. But you're going to go there spotless without wrinkle without any such thing and he is able to keep me from falling and to present me faultless before his eyes. You won't determine what's faultless. He does. Hello? And the Bible know that in the Old Testament forgiveness was there Holy Spirit was there and the name Y-H-W-H was over. New Testament Forgiveness does not mean repentance. I mean remission of sins. Forgiveness comes at repentance. I mean, God forgive. When God forgive you, you know what I mean? Okay. You confess and admit your guilt. I won't hold against you. But the record is not clear. And so, you have to have those sins remitted. Hello? At water baptism. The Holy Ghost is the seal of acceptance. You don't know if God accepts you until he seals you. When I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, so does the devil. I believe there's one God, so does the devil. Well, I don't need tongue, like I got other gifts of spirits. gifts a laughter. So does the comedians. And these signs are for believing my name. <clears throat> they shall speak with new tongues. Now, Jesus' name is above every other name. Please read Hebrews 10 and read why these people are making a mistake. Grave mistake. Now, I need to give this before you go because you didn't ask me but I'm going to tell you anyway. What the world is doing right here worst are telling you that you can't understand the Bible. They said you can't understand the Bible. These are basics right here. I'm going to ask you a question. When God wrote the Bible to Israel, did they have strong concordance? Did they? Did they have high criticism, low criticism? Did they? Westcott and Hort. Did they have universities in those days? Or Harvard? Or seminaries? Or cemeteries? Scholars? Printing press? Huh? And yet the Bible says that Elizabeth, John the Baptist's wife, lived blameless. Hello? I wonder how did they understand the Scripture? Did they go to the full staff to interpret it? Do they do that? Do they have a computer, iPod, iPad? Different versions to figure out what Job is saying? No. The nation of Israel was an incubator, and they stayed right in an incubator, and everything they wanted to learn was fed within an incubator. No outsider were allowed to teach Israel. And when Jezebel came in, we ended up with 850 false prophets. Huh? And when they crossed the border and brought in, uh, moved the landmark, well, they brought in brass shield for gold shield. Did they not? Come on. And confused Israel so much that she didn't even know who the true God was anymore. But when Elijah asked who was the true God, they couldn't even answer. Well, tell me, guys, tell me. There was no Trinity about there. It was Baal or Jehovah. But do you know what Baal means Trinity? Look it up. Same devil. New name. Genesis is called the serpent. Revelation is called the dragon. Then they call him the beast. Same devil. Still, devil, Lucifer. Not church. Eternity is long. You can get a search scripture for them, you'll think of eternal life. I'm being honest with you. Easter is pagan. You get all these churches out I in mean, there pagan services. Try to make Jesus Christ pagan. It's never going to work. We may do it down here, but he's not impressed. Go ahead. Tell them, well, well, my organization believes it, and my church does it. Fine. That don't make it right. Me and my ain't, and verse 8 tells you how Israel understood the Bible. It's the priest. Malachi says the priest is supposed to teach them. I don't mean Roman Catholic priest either, because they're your problem. Chapter 7 and 8 Revelation says they're your problem. Hello? The well-favored harlot, the mother of the prostitute. You want them. No. Spiritual prostitute, I mean. Isaiah 28, verse 10 to 12. Is God's method how to understand the word of God? In the Old Testament. Jeremiah 15 is God's method. I don't understand the word of God. You don't need Archaeologists to dig the scripture. When Josiah found the truth, you know how he found it? He went back to the house of God, not dog cemeteries. Archaeologists must be looked upon with suspicion. These are people that play with dead men bones. And try to make life out of dead bones. Try to interpret it. They're deceiving you. They're involving guesswork. They may impress the shallow mind, but not God. God said, leave the cemetery. Don't look for the living among the dead. God said, seek out the books. Hello? And said, no, scripture will warrant or remain. Do you believe that, folks? I believe that. Isaiah 34, 16. So God, how can you find the truth? In New Testament times. Don't tell me any strong concordance. Don't tell me what the lexicon say. Don't tell me what the Bible dictionary says. Don't even say Pastor Neal book says. The Bible is a contained, closed book. It's not open for every scholar to give their interpretation. Ain't not need Greek and Hebrew and God know what else to figure it out. God makes sure you got the scripture. Even though the king put his penknife to it. Even though the king put it in the fire. God makes sure you got another, another version again. Bang. Amen. God said, write again. <laughs> God's it again. God still do it again again. I'm the Lord of I they it not. When God said to me, well, Brother Neil, they're successful. In other words, I'm not because my church is not 10,000. I don't want 10,000 devils I want eight saved souls don't tell me what Google says and Strong says and Vine says and Scrogy says I don't care what they say and I don't quote King James either I quote the prophets of the law and the Song. He was just given the, the, the fuditess care of making sure so it's written. And in closing, God said, here's how you he learn of my word. John 5.39 1 Corinthians 2.13 You compare scriptures with scriptures. 2 Corinthians 13 1. Two or three witnesses. Every word must be established. Hello? Mark 16.20 God confirming the word matt twenty eight twenty teaching them to observe church I'm telling you we're not deceived here's some ideas how God talked to the people and don't forget the audience to whom these scriptures were written were not graduate at university in Alexandria of Egypt but now they never sat at the feet of Gamal. these were ignorant peasants pa- you know pagans, but Paul converted. With simple truth. Let's He said I came not with enticing words. Of man wisdom. Church I'm telling you. Don't you care what's missing in your Bible. 54 times. Amen. 30 times. Out of 54 times. The New Testament have the word forgiven. Alright. And 20 times in the old. 90 times the Holy Ghost. Is mentioned and it's all mentioned in the New Testament. Never one time in the old. Are you with me? Praise God. All the Spirit mentioned in Isaiah 52 and in Isaiah 11, Psalm fifty-one, and verse uh, eleven. I can go on and on and on, church. It does matter. Imagine me get my Bible. My Bible. The eunuch, I'm coming all from Ethiopia, coming to Jerusalem to find God, and I'm not reading Isaiah 53, I'm reading something else Isaiah 59, modern version. And Philip says, Just a minute, let me join you, please. Can I join you, please? Let me get my strong concordance, what it says here. <laughs> let me get my lexicon and figure out who he's talking about here. Oh, by the way, let, let me ask the, the Greek scholar. I need Herman to tell me. I think, by the way of tradition, it must have been a man called. Maybe his name is Bar Jesus. Bar Jesus, and he's not the same. Oh, Jesus is not the same. First, I'll see Corinthians chapter what? Eleven says that. You know what it says there? You know what it says? Look at that, folks. Let's throw in the right scripture here. 2 Corinthians 11. It says, All are Jesus are not the same. Paul says, Would to God he me my folly. All spirit are not the same. Bar Jesus, son of Sceva. Watch them. Amen. Can you guys see this? You guys look in here? I cast you out in the name that Paul preaches. <laughs> what a joke. But they devil said, Look, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know, but who are you? Other than the question of tonight, I'll stir you up. I, I know you got your iPod. And you're ready to go check me out. And I dare to prove me wrong. I challenge you. Tell me I'm wrong. You explain to me why all those Bibles leave out the word Holy Ghost and change the name Godhead. I showed here before, before. I showed you in here that they are meant to deceive you. you know, I, I believe we should represent. We should respect authority, and power, and all that stuff. For the church. You don't do that at the expense of salvation. Look at this here. Look at that map I showed you. Look at this map. Follow the pictures, please. Follow, follow me here, please. Look at this map right here. 1611. 1901. biggest Kansas. 906. Azuna Street. Huh? 1913. Aurora. Seco. McElsa. All of these came with the apostolic message. Reading the right Bible. They found the right apostolic faith. Hello? And then look what happened here. Amen. 1940, 1930 or 1918, somewhere there, we find the oneness of God, PFW, that came into existence. After that, these false guys in the 18th century, by Weskill and Hart, with a lying teaching and doctrine, perverse, these men are perverse. Look up up their name Weskill and Hart, perverse. Gnostics Pagans Never used them And brought these guys into existence And now Trying to dethrone what got established Every church in town Will mock this Bible You can't even buy that Bible You can't even find it nowhere Does it matter That these scriptures are left out of your Bible Does it really matter I'm asking you Does it matter who teach your kids well, God does matter. God cares who teaches the church. He said, you allow Jezebel to teach my people and seduce them. Hello. If your kids are involved with some teacher or anybody who is not doing the right thing, put your kids out. Because they are going to slip in their, friend, their theology, their doctrine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does it matter? All these omissions? It really matter? He said, well, I don't think so, Pastor Neil. You're just spitting hair and all oh, Pastor Neil was wrong with you, man. Smart enough, Pastor Neal. You get got smart. Yeah. I rest my case. But my title is tonight Ped Knife In Your Bible. Are they ready. The man in the 36th chapter. And so help me God. In the days of Noah sons of God perished because they're compromisers. They took side with the sons of men and didn't stand with the boat building program. You know what happened to them? They drowned. Church? Jesus warned you careful you be careful thank God for a true church thank God for a Bible teacher you know what I'm going to teach you Jeremiah 315 I give you pastors not lexicon don't take these lexicon and judge a preacher and Scrogi and all that book stuff and all that those quackery on uncensored program television all that stuff they're not censored they tell what they feel like. And nobody screen it. We got censored word here. The day we have to leave this book to interpret it. We're in trouble. Are there any questions on this side? Well, we'll see. The knives are out. How about this side? Yes, sir? I said, I say, obviously, didn't get it." Holy Spirit, God is always what? If you use the word Holy Spirit only, you deny the first coming. You deny the incarnation, which all those books deny. First Timothy three sixty, they all deny it, and they remove what God and put He. He could, be, he could be Mary's son. Mary's son can't save any of us. Mary's son is not the mediator. He's not, not my mediator. God is the mediator. Holy Ghost meaning he came the first time and died and came back from the dead and we saw him. He's a living ghost. Everybody else says ghost in hell or in paradise. They're not come back. On the one Holy Ghost. Walk him around. Tonight he's in this church. When I lead someone to Christ, we born of the water and the Spirit. Well, born of the Spirit meaning got the Holy Ghost. Huh? No, I can't say, except you're born of the Holy Ghost. I can't say that. I didn't say that. I want to see what it says. Must be born the water and the spirit. Well, how do you get the spirit baptism? Because you get the Holy Ghost. Because I know that Holy Ghost is the spirit of God who became flesh so we could dwell in us. Before that, he would not dwell with us. He said, right? he said don't come close. Cut you off. Uh-huh. Oh, hallelujah. And no man can say the Holy, Jesus Christ is Lord, except by the Holy Ghost. So the difference in Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit means He came the first time and died; He and came back and with us and in us. Holy Spirit means that's what God always is. In in, in the uh, Revelation, it won't be the Holy Ghost anymore; it'll be the Holy what? Spirit. So the Spirit and the Bride they after it's all over, folks, we don't talk about Holy Ghost anymore but there's no need for Holy Ghost understand that when it's all over it's the spirit and the bride say not the spirit of the Holy Ghost says come it's over Ooh, hallelujah and if you don't baptize Jesus Christ's name and as far as of sin you've wasted the water you go to hell anybody else